Good evening and welcome to the Heritage of Faith Conversations radio program sponsored by Heritage Baptist Church in New York City, a church that is committed to proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ in an atmosphere of love. Please join us this hour as Pastor Matthew Recker opens the Word of God and then brings others, including you, into the conversation. Tonight, we'll seek to have a dialogue that will glorify God and will show how the Bible is relevant to everyday life. Our desire is to lead people to salvation in Christ and encourage believers in their spiritual growth. Join us and build up your own heritage of faith. Thank you for joining us again this Sunday evening for the Heritage of Faith Conversations radio program with your host, Pastor Matthew Recker. My name is Micah. I'm the ministry assistant at Heritage. And tonight, we continue our study on the book of Romans, and we will be in the middle of chapter 6 this evening. As always, you too have the opportunity to call in and join our conversation, or if you would like to share a burden for prayer, we have call screeners standing by for the hour, and they would be happy to take your call at 929-333-3739. Pastor Matt, I can't believe how quickly the summer is flying by, and we have a big trip coming up. We sure do, and we are excited about going to Brazil, aren't we, Micah? Yes, we are. And and the Lord is prepared. We have a great team. There's 12 of us going to be going, and we're going to be serving with a great missionary named Ram Ribeiro in Ribeiro Preto and doing all kinds of things. So we do ask our listeners to pray with us as we Please, prepare uh, our yeah. messages mm-hmm. and just that we would say and speak the right things that God would have us to say and mm-hmm. really have his leading wisdom. So that'll be August 21st to the 31st. And welcome back, Micah, oh, from you, all your I know why this thanks. summer's going so fast, because <laughs> you haven't stopped. You've been moving around all over I the place. Been. Yeah, it's yeah. been great. I just got back uh, yesterday. I was in London and then I was in the Netherlands for a few days and just really enjoying um, all that those places had to offer, really taking advantage of it. I didn't sleep in once. I was up at 6 a.m., get going. Wow. I was averaging seven miles a day on my feet, so I had a good time. Okay, well, I, I, it sounds like you need a vacation. <laughs> and we're so happy tonight to have with us two dear and wonderful sisters in our church to share with us on our panel, Sister Ellie, who's been in our church for many years, and Sister Bailey, and I can say you've been in our church almost many years, right, Bailey? Yeah, I have, yeah. <laughs> so good to have Ellie and Sister Bailey tonight. And uh, Ellie, good good evening to you, Sister. Thank you so much. And it's thank you for being here. Thank you for being here in spite of some of the trials the Lord has brought you through and some floodings and things like that. But but God has kept your feet dry. Amen. Amen. Yeah. He is good. He is good. <laughs> he, he is good. Yes. So we're going to go right into the scripture this evening. We're going to look at Romans chapter 6 specifically verses 8 down through verse 13, as we consider our conversation in the book of Romans, this powerful book. And whereas Romans chapter 5 talked about our victory over sin's penalty through justification and our salvation in Christ, Romans 6 begins a new topic in, in this great treatise of Paul on our victory over sin's pen uh, uh, the 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 power of sin Mm -hmm. so romans 5 was sin's penalty romans 6 is sin's power and really focuses in on our sanctification so romans chapter 6 we're going to look at verse 8 and i will begin the reading it says now if we be dead with christ we believe that we shall also live with him knowing that Christ, being raised from the dead, dieth no more. Death hath no more dominion over him. 
For in that he died, he died unto sin once, but in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body that ye should obey it in the lust thereof. Neither yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. And let's pray. Uh, Dear Heavenly Father, God, we just yield ourselves even tonight, Lord. Just use us as your instruments of righteousness. Let us communicate clearly, God, um, what you would have us to speak tonight through this looking into your word, Lord, in the amazing book of Romans. So, Lord, just bless us this evening and bless our listeners as we have a great conversation. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And there's no doubt that the human heart longs and yearns for freedom, doesn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah. And what's the greatest kind of freedom? I mean, some people would say financial freedom. Mm-hmm. And their focus and their stress is all on being financially free. Mm-hmm. Financial freedom is a nice thing to have, but it really yeah. doesn't exist <laughs> in this life. Yeah. Others say political freedom. I mean, political freedom is a blessing to have the freedom of speech and worship that that such as we have fought for and seek to maintain in our own country. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, that's not the essence. That's not the ultimate freedom. The Mm -hmm. ultimate freedom is freedom in Christ Mm -hmm. from the power of sin, from the penalty of sin. And one day from the presence of sin, Jesus is the one who gives ultimate freedom. And if we know the Son, we are free indeed. indeed. Mm -hmm. True freedom. So Romans chapter 6 deals with our victory over the power of sin. And this chapter can be clearly divided into two parts by the questions that Paul asks. The first question in Romans chapter 6 verse 1. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? And then down in verse 15, he asks a similar question. He says, what then? Which is similar to chapter verse 1. What shall we say then? He says in verse 15 again, what then? Shall we sin? Because we are not under the law, but under grace. And both times he says, may it never be, or God forbid. So both these, these questions divide this chapter. And they divide it like this. The first part of Romans 6 is our victory over sin's power through understanding our position as a saint in Christ. Mm -hmm. So Paul's really dealing with spiritual truth here. Mm -hmm. It's not something physical. He's saying that we are identified with Jesus Christ in his work that he did in dying and being buried, rising again, and even ascended and seated with the Father. And we are in spiritual union with him by the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. We have the Holy Spirit of God shed abroad in our hearts to bring us into union with the work that Jesus Mm -hmm. Christ did Mm -hmm. so we can know him and know the power of his victory and that we enter into that victory by faith. Mm -hmm. So it's it's spiritual. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just we there's been a lot of talk about baptism over the last couple of weeks. You know, we just right. had our baptism last Saturday, of course, and then you appeared on a radio program this week talking about baptism. And we just, you know, there's just constant conversation, and it, it couldn't be more perfect than what you know we're discussing tonight, where we identify with Christ in His death, burial, mm-hmm. and resurrection yes. through yeah. that public proclamation. Yeah. So that's verses one through fourteen, really dealing with our 
position as a saint identified with Christ in union. Then the second part of the chapter, which we'll get into next week, is our practice mm. as a servant. Mm-hmm. And so we live out that victory, practicing, yielding. Really, he gets more into that, that idea. We'll talk about it this evening mm-hmm. as yielding, but our practice as a servant. So that's how I divide Romans 6. The first part, our position as a saint. The second, our practice as a servant. So our position as a saint, there's four key present tense verbs. And we looked at the first one last week, which was the, the verb know. We have to know what Christ did. Know ye not, verse 3. Verse 6, knowing this, that our old man. And then the second word is believe. That's in verse 8. We believe that we shall live with him. And then the third word is reckon. Mm-hmm. Reckon yourselves to be dead. That's in verse 11. And then the fourth present tense verb is yield. Yield your members. Mm-hmm. These are commands, mm-hmm. present commands, that we are to know. We are to believe, we are to reckon and yield. So that's really where we're going to focus in on tonight, dear mm-hmm. friends. So tonight we are really blessed to have two wonderful women of God at Heritage. Bailey, thank you for being with us once again. It's a blessing having you serve with us at Heritage. And, and just before we begin getting more into this passage that we've just kind of introduced, why don't we just share a little bit of your testimony, Bailey, and then a little bit of Ellie. You can share a word of your testimony. Just share with us how the Lord has saved you and brought you into Heritage Baptist Church. Sure, Pastor. Thanks for having me. Um, so, Recently, one of the young boys in our church, Timmy, was Mm -hmm. saved, and his sister, Anna Faith, who's eight, has been praying for what feels like her whole life for him to be saved, Mm -hmm. and she was so excited that night at church when he got saved, and after after church, she just grabbed my hand and said, Miss Bailey, what did it feel like when you got saved? And I said, it felt like I was freed from sin. And that is just like exactly how I felt. So I'm so happy to be discussing these passages tonight. So um, basically, I grew up going to church, saying Christian words, Mm. thinking that I was saved. But it just was all so abstract to me. You know, I would mm. say, yes, I believe I'm a sinner. Christ mm-hmm. died for me. But then people were saying, you're always so good. You're such a good girl. You know, but then I would really have this, I don't know if this is being overly dramatic, but kind of turmoil inside knowing mm-hmm. that I was not a good person. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just even from being a child, I remember sneaking into my parents' closet to look at the presents they had gotten for Christmas, you know, and like, I just had no self-control. And that's just a simple Mm. child, childish example, but it continued, you Mm. know, I was just a really deceitful person all through my life and continued going to church, reading the Bible, and it just never made sense to me. Mm. And I thought that I was saved and I just thought, well, this is what Christianity is. You know, I'm just going through the motions, I'm trying my best, Mm -hmm. I'm trying harder and harder, Mm -hmm. and it's not working, you know, and I just, I never had assurance of my salvation, Mm -hmm. and I, my soul never had rest, and so, you know, I'm so grateful that I didn't have rest, because God Mm -hmm. kept drawing me to himself, Mm -hmm. and one night in my late 20s, I was reading my Bible, and it just, God opened my eyes to let me see Mm. I'm a sinner. I've committed Mm. specific sins against him. Mm -hmm. Yes, but I'm also a sinner by nature and I need Jesus and he's offering eternal life. He's offering forgiveness and I just have to lay hold of it. Mm. 
so I did. And it was just immediate. You know, I've never mm. doubted my salvation since then. It's settled. My soul is at rest. And I just felt free from sin. And as God was helping me grow in my faith, um, I was looking for a new church. And my friend Jill, who is friends with Jonathan Kowser, said, oh, Jonathan really likes this church called Heritage Baptist. So my friend and I checked it out. That was in March of 2013, and it's been huge for my yeah. spiritual growth. Like, I can't, I tell people if I didn't have Heritage, I wouldn't be in New York City still. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Well, praise the Lord. We're glad, Lord. We're glad to have you here in the city, Bailey. And that's a powerful testimony. Isn't it, Micah? Because a lot of people, you know, they have powerful testimonies if they're saved out mm -hmm. of drugs and yeah. alcohol. And we have people like that. Mm -hmm. But Bailey, you were just saved out of self-righteousness and pride. religion and pride. And, mm -hmm. and there's a lot of people who need to hear that as well, that, mm -hmm. that we're not saved just because we're outwardly better than most people. Mm -hmm. And probably people could look at you and say, oh, you were mm -hmm. a good person and better than most. But you knew your heart that... We are all sinners, and we all need a Savior. Jesus did not die for the good. Mm -hmm. He died for those who are sinners mm -hmm. and those who need to a physician. And so, Amen. praise God. So when you were saved, it was just you and the Lord. And yes. you're, it was just you, mm -hmm. you had all the information, yes. if you will. You just needed to really apply the gospel. Mm -hmm. By faith, Amen. Well, as Sister Ellie, I, we're so thankful to have you at Heritage these many years. How did? Why don't you just share briefly how you came to know the Lord and and to our church as well? Uh, first of all, uh, I am Korean by birth, and I was born in Seoul, South Korea, mm -hmm. and I have been a resident of this great city, New York City, since the June of 1971, and coming to Heritage Baptist Church. I was in Korean church for 14 years, and I actually found Heritage Baptist Church by looking up in the yellow pages. I don't think all these <laughs> you young people the really know. The Wondonios came through the yeah, yellow pages. Yeah, yellow so pages. Back yes. in the yellow page days. Yes, yes. And there was a church in Greenwich Village. So uh, I, my first day in Heritage, uh, my first Sunday in Heritage Baptist Church was the first Sunday of August 2002, and I've been here ever since, and I've been a, I've been member ever since. Mm -hmm. So, um, and I wasn't there that day, right? No, no, you yeah. were not here. You yeah. were actually That's traveling. That's probably why you wanted in, to come back. Yes. <laughs> if I was there, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes, and uh, you, know, you were in San Francisco, I recall. Yes, and oh. um, uh, this is my brief testimony. Uh, my, I'm Korean, and we Korean have this saying that women's destiny is determined by a man she meet. And I can say I praise God for my destiny has been set and will continue into eternity in mm. the presence of my loving heavenly husband, mm. Jesus Christ. And I thank God for his infallible word. That will never pass away, as uh, mentioned in Matthew 24:35. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will, by me, no, by no means pass away. And also, Paul said in Ephesians 1:4, for I'm paraphrasing, I'm making it into my own words. He chose me in Him before the foundation of the world, that I should be holy, without blame, before Him in love. And my days were already written in the Lamb's Book of Life. 
And my growing up years in religious Christian home were filled with pain, uh, fear, and thoughts of wanting to die for there were many, many times of severe beatings Mm -hmm. accompanied by murderous words from regrettably from my parents and relatives and I knew it at the time that I was just being used as their punching bag to relieve their uh, frustration and bitterness and many Mm. times I just felt too damaged both in my body and emotion and I was many times I thought of dying and I said how can I escape this pain Mm. but nevertheless uh, being uh, raised in Christian home, uh, my mom would always tell me to read Bible, mm-hmm. and and so God, in His mercy, He pursued me, and mm-hmm. He ignited thirst for His Word in my heart, mm-hmm. and He made me see that I too was born in sin, and what uh, Bailey said before in her testimony, I am also sinner by nature, mm-hmm. and I am a slave of sin. And upon recognizing that, I also uh, took words of Jesus into my heart. He alone tells me, He alone tells me, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And I knew I needed to die, but it is better to die with Jesus. And thank God for His gift of faith. I received Christ as my Savior, and I died with Christ, and I am resurrected with Christ. Therefore, the Word of God said, by one offering, He has perfected me forever, as I am being sanctified, as mentioned in Hebrews 10, 14, Mm -hmm. and He does this sanctification work daily in my life, incrementally, Mm -hmm. and I can say that, 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 I want to please him, and I am new creation, and I can say, whom have I in heaven but you? And another word is that uh, what others meant evil, God meant it for good. Mm -hmm. So he leads me unto path of righteousness for his name's sake, and make me want to please him uh, every day. And for he is my maker, my husband, the Lord of hosts is his name. And my Redeemer is the Holy One of Israel. He is called the God of the whole earth. And he, and Jesus is my Heavenly Husband. So I'm secure and I rejoice in Him. Amen. That's beautiful, Ellie. And many people, I'm sure, have grown up in homes like that where they were Christian mm. in name, but yet abusive mm-hmm. and that could create a lot of bitterness in young people and yeah. cause many people to go away from the Lord mm-hmm. but praise God you still were drawn to him Amen. in you. spite of mm-hmm. your circumstances yes. by his grace by and, his grace. and yes. I, there are many people like that I'm mm-hmm. sure who've grown up in abusive homes as well and yeah. they wonder why would God allow this and how could God a loving God allow this in my life but dear friends God could use these trials to even bring you to Christ mm-hmm. so if you're I, those were such powerful testimonies tonight from our sisters Bailey and Ellie thank you for sharing them and if you have any 
uh, questions about your own personal salvation or if you need to settle something in your own heart, then our phone line is open right now. I'm going to go to a song and then we're going to come right back and get right into Romans chapter 6. But we're going to, uh, we want you to call if we can help and pray with you about any spiritual matter in your life. 929-333-3739. Again, that number is 929 929- 333-3739. Here's a powerful song, Free From Guilt, Free From Sin. dear friends that in religion men try to live holy in order to get to God but Christianity is we desire to live holy because God has gotten to us 
God has gone to us by His Holy Spirit, by His Word, and through the Gospel of Jesus Christ. We're talking tonight about freedom from guilt and sin, freedom from the power of sin through belief, through reckoning, through yielding ourselves to God. So we're going to first talk about really accessing the power of the gospel through faith, Bailey. And how how do we and how have you in your own life accessed the power of the gospel by faith and then walk that faith out in your life? Sure. So all of us in this room, everyone who's a Christian, we have eternal life mm-hmm. right now because we believe that Jesus was crucified for mm-hmm. our sins mm-hmm. and that he rose again for us. But, Pastor, as you said in the intro, Paul is showing us that we are also identified with Jesus. So we died with Christ and we rose again with him. We are alive unto God, and that's real. I have Mm -hmm. a life now that I did not have before. Mm -hmm. And this believing and knowing, Ellie and I were talking about before, is the kind of belief that leads us to take action. But living a holy life and turning away from sin is not automatic. We're Mm -hmm. not robots. God doesn't force it on us because he desires for us to worship him freely in spirit and in truth. But I know from my own experience that when I understand who God is and what he's done for me, it's hard not to respond with joy and obedience. I'm just so grateful again that he saved me from the penalty and power of sin and that he's Mm -hmm. giving me eternal life, not just that I'm going to go to heaven when I die Mm -hmm. and I'm not going to hell, Mm -hmm. but it's now. I'm experiencing Mm -hmm. eternal life right now. So Mm -hmm. practically... I want to cultivate a lifestyle of daily faithfulness to God. Mm-hmm. When I was mm-hmm. a fake Christian, I would go to church, but it was like church was so boring to me. Um, <laughs> I liked seeing my friends and I liked, you know, there are certain elements that I liked about it socially, but if there were ever a chance for me to miss church, I would just be so happy. Mm. And Basically, church was, I would go check it off my list, and then I could do whatever I wanted during the week. But Mm. now, I want my whole life to be about God. Mm. Um, So when I wake up, I want to read my Bible and spend time with Him. I want to be in church. I love going to church on Sundays and Wednesdays. I like hanging out with you guys because Mm. you love Jesus, and we Mm. can talk about things that actually matter. But I just want to emphasize again that these habits are the fruit of an Mm -hmm. inner transformation that I could not achieve for myself. Mm. And Jesus said in John 14, 15, if ye love me, keep my commandments. Mm -hmm. So obedience to Jesus is evidence of our love for him, just as Jesus' obedience was evidence of his love for the Father. And for me, and I know this is very true for Ellie, Mm -hmm. another essential element for me is memorizing and meditating on Mm -hmm. Scripture. Because Mm -hmm. Jesus said, if ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. So when I depend on Jesus, and when his word is dwelling in me richly, this is Mm -hmm. so crazy to me that even my will and my desires can be transformed to be consistent with Mm -hmm. the will of God. Mm -hmm. So, you know, in um, Thessalonians, I think when it talks about how they turned 
to God mm. from idols mm-hmm. to serve the living and the true God. And I just love the order of that. So they, it, the focus is not on the turning away from the idols, but, you know, turning to God who is so compelling. So Jesus is so lovely and so pure that when I look at him, I can't help but forsake my sin because mm-hmm. I found something so much better. Mm. So I think that's the miracle of the Christian life is that he does the work for us. So mm-hmm. we're just responding to him and it's his spirit dwelling in us. We're being transformed from the inside out to be like him. Yes, it's and it's by faith. So here again in Romans 6, we must know the truth and power of the gospel. Mm-hmm. That's, if you will, intellectual. Mm-hmm. And now we must then believe the truth and power of the gospel from our heart. And he even says that down in verse number 17, where it says, We have obeyed from the heart, and that is by believing, as it says in verse 8, we believe that we shall also live with him. Micah? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I just, this question about walking by faith, it's so interesting because, you know, according to Paul, walking, it flows out of what we believe in our mind and our heart. And it's like, you know, for me, I, you know, I've known Bailey for seven years. Um, and, and the idea that she disliked church, you know, that's so crazy to me. But she's saying that, you know, when she didn't believe it, then she wasn't walking that out. She was just mm. going through the motions. But now that she really believes it, and anyone who knows Bailey would know she fully believes it, you know, she's walking out her faith. She's coming to church. She's hanging out with other believers constantly. She's memorizing scripture. That, is, I mean, is such a testimony to exactly what Paul is saying here. Um one of the highlights when I was on my recent trip was, you know, at the British Museum in London, you know, they have all kinds of artifacts um, with biblical significance. So, you know, for many years, you know, leading up to that, um, scholars had begun to question the Bible. You know, is this all fake? Is it all made up? Are the kings real? Are these locations, you know, mm-hmm. where are these locations? Where are these cities? Well, then slowly as they dug through the ground, um, they found all these artifacts that proved the historical accuracy of the Bible. So then... I'm going to live differently if I think that the Bible's completely made up. If somebody shows me this historical proof, I'm going to live differently. Well, we can take that one step further because we believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ, his birth, his mm-hmm. ministry, his death, burial, resurrection, and then everything that came after it and all mm-hmm. his words. So if we believe that, it should and will transform our lives and transform our walks. Mm-hmm. Mm. And dear friends, what we're saying as well is, and, and here's where the Christian life sometimes is not easy, is that salvation is instantaneous. Mm-hmm. As soon as we believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, I should say the justification aspect of our salvation mm-hmm. is instantaneous. Yeah. We're born again. We're placed in the family of God. We have an, an eternal relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And he will not leave us or forsake us. And we do believe in that security of salvation once we've been saved. And that's instantaneous. Mm -hmm. But sanctification is not instantaneous. (laughs) Sanctification is is a lifelong process. And it's not inevitable. No. In other words, our becoming like Christ in this life, it's not just going to happen automatically. Mm-hmm. And it, but it's not by the works of the flesh mm-hmm. either. Mm-hmm. But yet we have to apply ourselves to it. We have to know and we have to believe. So I'm holding here in my hand old notes, and I kind of showed with you. Yeah, shared uh-huh. my. These are old notes that I got in How systematic old? theology, like 40 years. <laughs> They're 40 years old. 
I'm not that old though. I, I mean, I'm older actually than that. But uh, but this is it, it's a it's a picture of Romans six, mm-hmm. and it's it's a it's a winding path, and it it basically pictures like a dark cavern, mm-hmm. and I'm in the back of that cavern, and in the front of that cavern are prison guards, and I have been told in the back of that cavern as I'm in chains that if I try to escape, the prison guards will kill me, if I try to escape. But along comes a hero, however, and mm-hmm. kills the prison guards. And he shouts, you're free. The prison guards are dead. But now I have a choice. Mm-hmm. I have to know that they're dead in yeah. my, my mind uh-huh. and actually know that as a fact. Yeah. And then I have to act on it. I have to believe. Mm-hmm. Or else I'm just going to sit there in the darkness mm-hmm. in my chains in the back, mm-hmm. still in prison. So that's what really what we're saying tonight is that Jesus Christ has come. And he has delivered us from the power, the penalty of sin by his death and burial and resurrection. We have to know that. And now you have to believe that and act on that by faith, getting getting into the word, reading the Bible, letting God speak to your heart and then grow as a Christian day by day. So it's by faith. So as we look at this accessing the gospel by faith, there are some wrong ideas Mm -hmm. that people have. Ellie, so why don't we start with you with some of these wrong ideas that people do have for living a life of victory in Christ, but some just try harder, don't they, Ellie? Can you, yes. can you deal with that problem, if you will, that some might have of just trying harder? Uh, yes, uh, trying harder to, uh, to gain a life of victory in Christ is actually putting pressure in oneself mm-hmm. and which is work-based righteousness and that comes from mistaken notion that if you do more God will love you more mm-hmm. and it is like children getting an extra star or whatever those uh, uh, <laughs> thing on yeah. their homework or whatever yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. drawing and example can be being overly religious overly righteous overly stiffed in man-concocted tradition. And for, for instance, uh, as I was growing up in religious Christian family, I was, told what, I was told that not to study on Sunday, not to spend money on Sunday. And another thing is even doing too much of good work without the leading of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And that can actually degenerate into a lack into our lack of intimate relationship in our work with God but our victory is gained by diligently entering into the rest written in Hebrews chapter 4:11 let us labor therefore to enter into that rest lest any man for after the same example of unbelief therefore we gain victory by abiding in the vine mm-hmm. mentioned by John 15:5 I am the vine and ye are the branches and he that abided in me and I in him the same bring forth much fruit for without me you can do nothing and another way of uh, of people get, gaining big victories by suppressing desire for sins and it is like steam that builds up that eventually blows up like our our emotion and that is due to difference between knowledge and ignorance for sinning less so and bible uh, as i was studying did not actually ask us to conquer sin 
For Jesus alone has conquered sin by his death and, and resurrection, and he made us free. For it says in Romans chapter 8 verse 2, For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. So that means either we forgot this truth or do not know. So therefore, as a new creation in Jesus Christ, we gain victory by exercising our critical faculties that will lead us to do good unto the Lord. For one is most likely to become what one focuses on. So as we focus more on Christ, as Bailey said before, and immerse in His Word, our desire actually change into God's desire. Amen, yeah. That's, that's exactly true. And we don't just surrender our flesh to the Lord because surrender that is flesh-centered, self-sufficient, is doomed to disaster. Mm-hmm. So it's not by trying harder, it's by resting in the Lord's Word. Billy, what's another wrong idea? And, you know, I, I, I put it kind of like people say, well, rather than trying harder, I'm going to do nothing. Okay, mm-hmm. So that's also a wrong idea of doing nothing. Can you maybe explain that a little bit for us? So I think if the focus is on my willpower Mm -hmm. to be holy, Mm -hmm. I'm going to be discouraged immediately. Mm -hmm. It's not sustainable. Mm -hmm. You know, I can run on my own fumes for a while, but I just can't do it. And I think for me, something I struggle with sometimes is I start in the power of the Holy Spirit and then somehow I get derailed and it becomes about my willpower, mm-hmm. my endurance. And I'm like, thanks, God, I'll take it from here. Like, you mm-hmm. got me started, but I'm I'm okay. I'm good enough to do it myself. But the Bible says that he works in us to will and to do of his good pleasure. So he gives me the desire for righteousness and he gives me the ability to carry it out. So I think I just can't look at myself and I can't be You know, I think, like Ellie was saying, when you're constantly focusing on not sinning, you just want to sin. Mm. (laughs) So, and then you think, why even bother trying? If I'm just going to keep messing up, I might as well just watch TV for 15 hours straight and (laughs) eat my bonbons, you know? But God doesn't, I don't want to do that. And and I think another thing that, that came to mind when I was thinking about this is that how do I respond when I sin? Mm. Because sometimes I can have a tendency to feel like I need to do something to earn myself back into God's favor. Mm. But the Bible says that Jesus is able to save them to the uttermost Mm. that come unto God by him because he ever liveth to make intercession for them. So when I sin, and I will sin, I have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And when I confess my sins to him, not to a person, not to a priest, not to Pastor Matt, but I Amen. can go directly Amen. to Jesus, and he's faithful and just to forgive Amen. me of those sins and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Amen. Amen, yes. Dear friends, if you need to call tonight, maybe you're struggling with sin in your life and need the victory over sin's power, call us at 929-333-3739. Micah, what do you think about these two ideas of trying harder or doing nothing? 
Yeah, well, isn't it human nature <laughs> to go one way or the other? You know, Ellie was talking about trying harder and almost treating Christianity like every other religion. You know, we think we can climb our way into heaven, forgetting that God came down to us. You know, then, Jesus told Nathaniel in John chapter 1 that he was the connection between heaven and earth. Or, as Bailey mentioned, you know, some completely give up the pursuit of holy living and begin by not doing anything at all. And I, I was thinking that, you know, some of the people who do nothing are, they've been exposed to the prosperity gospel. You know, it's a false gospel that is so focused on the things that God can do for us that then it takes all responsibility away. And, you know, I've heard enough prosperity gospel type sermons to know that the focus is always on God getting you out of your situation or providing for right. your needs in some mm-hmm. miraculous way. And yeah. while God can do those things, he may do those things, it's not the whole story. So mm-hmm. if people make that the whole story, then they will most likely forego any focus on right living, holiness, or pleasing God. So as we said, both of these ways are living extremely dangerously. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and the scripture says that we have to give diligence to make our calling and election sure. So there is human interaction and cooperation with God. Yet, the work is by the Holy Spirit in us, and so we have to still then abide in the vine mm-hmm. and know that we're a branch in Christ. So there is, you know, and, and Ellie shared that verse, that we labor to enter into our rest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so you know, so that's the yeah. idea. Mm-hmm. So there has to be that cooperation yes, with cooperation. the divine provision. And we know what Christ has done for us, and we believe what Christ has done for us, and then we reckon upon what Christ has done for us. And this word reckon is also used much in Romans chapter 4. It's about applying what Christ has done to our account, where Paul against now says in verse 11, Likewise reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin. Now, Paul is not talking as a southerner, you know, like, I reckon that's so, you know, oh, brother Matt, you know, he's, he's not, he's, but this is a very important term that we must grasp when Paul says, reckon ye to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So, so Ellie, how do we reckon on being dead to sin and alive to God through Christ? Uh, the word reckon is a position of faith that I take in light of what previous indicative verses says about what it means to be in Christ. Mm-hmm. And as you say, that we need to cooperate. And considering what Paul said in Galatians chapter 220, mm-hmm. uh, I'm not going to quote the whole verse, but uh, in light of that, I was given a death certificate, and I was given a new birth certificate Mm -hmm. in Jesus Christ, so I am dead to sin, and this verse Mm -hmm. is where rubber hit the road, Mm -hmm. that means my life must now be parallel to Christ, the perfect Christ, and how? Again, I'm quoting uh, Hebrews chapter 10 verse 14 for by one offering Jesus Christ has perfected forever those who are being sanctified and my new birth certificate has been issued and it says that I'm perfect above uh, reproach so I must uh, consider that to sin and alive to Christ which requires daily action 
mm-hmm. and cooperation on my part by presenting myself to him and please him in the power of the Holy Spirit. So reckoning is is acting on a fact of what he tells us that I am dead to sin. And also reckon is an accounting term. It means calculate, conclude, take into account solid inference from facts which requires an action on my part. If I receive a check from someone who I know has $100 million and that person write out, write a check out to my name mm-hmm. and recommends I must and should act on it because it has my name on it so mm-hmm. I must take it into account and then I need to endorse the check mm-hmm. and I have choice either to cash or deposit it into my bank account and withdraw as needed and enjoy so that's what the reckoning means. And yeah, and live like you have a hundred million dollars in your account, and not like you have a hundred dollars in your account, right? <laughs> yes. And and that you're rich. So yes. we have to reckon and we count on what Christ has done, that it has been put into our record book. Mm-hmm. Yes. Micah. Yeah, you know we must actively count, as Ellie said. You know, a former accountant. She says we must actively count ourselves as dead mm. to sin and yeah. alive through Christ, because there's a great life to be lived in Him. Amen. You know, Amen. when we read the words of Jesus in the Gospels, He promises that we can live full, abundant, rich, joyful lives through Him. And Paul quoted Isaiah in First Corinthians two nine, saying. But as it is written, I hath not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. So, as Ellie said, there's an active participation in our living out these words. Again, not an active role in earning our salvation or justification, but an active role in abundant living through holiness and righteousness. Yeah, and dear friends, again, we know that there will be some listening to us struggling with specific personal besetting sins, alcohol, drugs, sins of the spirit like jealousy or anger, bitterness. Maybe you're just struggling overcoming bitterness toward those who have hurt you on your job or in your family. And you need to know what Christ has done for you and then enter into death, crucified with him, and then reckon on that fact that you're dead with him, and you're buried with him, and you're alive with him. You have his spirit in you, dear friends. And if we can pray with you, give us a call right now at 929-333-3739. If you're looking for victories in this way, because Bailey, there are still these stubborn feelings that we have, that people have in and reckoning on the gospel to overcome such emotions of fear and anxiety and bitterness and doubt. So how do we how do we reckon on the gospel in dealing with those stubborn areas of our life? Okay, pastor. So the gospel. <laughs> That's an easy question. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I can answer it yeah. in one minute. Yeah. Um, the gospel is a declaration that we can believe, and I never get tired of hearing the gospel you know even at church at the end of the sermon when you give an invitation if anyone needs to get saved i just think wow this is an opportunity for people to have their whole life changed mm-hmm. and it's just um well one of my favorite gospel passages is in titus 3 mm-hmm. and 
He says, For we ourselves also were sometimes foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving diverse lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. Mm. But after that, the kindness and love of God our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us, Mm. by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost, Mm. which he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior, that being justified by his grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. And I just look at that verse and think, that's me like that's a biography of me mm-hmm. you know i was foolish and here is god coming with kindness and love mm-hmm. it was all him i didn't do anything so when i reckon on that and i see everything starts and ends with jesus christ the gospel never loses its power mm-hmm. you know everything else kind of is obliterated you know mm-hmm. fear bitterness doubt whatever because yeah. i'm looking to jesus and yeah. That's why scripture memory is so important for me and Ellie, because, you know, whatever emotion, whatever thought you're going through and emotions are not bad, but, you know, we need to subdue them Mm -hmm. to the will of God. So I think to whatever I'm thinking, I can just be hemmed in on every side by scripture Mm -hmm. and that's the final word and whatever confronts me, you know, recently. I was telling Ellie I was going through a difficult time and texted some people that I needed prayer mm-hmm. and just feeling discouraged and overwhelmed. But because we've been memorizing Psalm 34 at church, mm. it just, you know, I will bless the Lord at all times. Mm-hmm. And I can, you know, yeah. and I do bless him at all times. Mm-hmm. So just the gospel and the whole word of God is so powerful. Yeah, there's no Bible verse that says walk by feelings. <laughs> right. It says walk by faith. Right. Mm-hmm. in the finished Word of God, in the work of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. I just want to say that I would love it. It would have been wonderful if hearing audience could actually see our countenance of Bailey <laughs> yeah. as she's reciting passages from Titus mm-hmm. from memory. Yeah. It is so beautiful. Amen. And Amen. This comes to me. Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Amen. Amen. Beautiful. So we're talking tonight about the power of the gospel that gives grace to overcome the power of sin in our lives. Mm -hmm. We know what Jesus Christ has done. We believe on what Jesus has done. Mm -hmm. Then we reckon on it and we yield. And we're going to go to Micah first on this. Uh, Micah, as far as yielding to God on the basis of gospel truth, what does it mean to yield ourselves to the Lord in a in a practical kind of way? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I know that we're going to get there in a few weeks, but it this reminds me of Romans twelve one and two, where Paul tells us that our bodies as a whole should be a living sacrifice to the Lord. And I'm just going to read mm-hmm. Romans 12, 1 and 2. I beseech ye therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So, whereas the Jewish people before Christ were commanded to make physical sacrifices of bulls and goats to the Lord, we are called to yield 
our whole bodies in surrender. And in fact, we yield our entire being. So where our bodies and the members of our bodies were once used by the kingdom of darkness for his purposes, now we are called to surrender ourselves to the kingdom of heaven Mm. for his use and his glory. Amen. Neither yield ye your members, dear friends, as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God. And we actually know very well how to do this because we used to yield ourselves to -hmm. the devil and we used to yield our members as servants of unrighteousness and to serve uncleanness and sin. In the very same way we did that toward sin, now we do it toward God, don't we, Bailey? So, Bailey, could you shed a little more light on this, of what it means to yield ourselves to God in a practical way? Yeah, so a funny memory came to mind when I was thinking about this. I used to be really into defining myself as an introvert. (laughs) And at my previous church, Whenever we had the greeting time during church, I would go to the restroom and just stand in the stall for five minutes until it was over. Um, But God calls me to be kind and friendly, and he's taught me to be more outgoing. And at Heritage, you know, there's not enough time during the greeting time because there are so many people (laughs) I want to talk to. But um, God brings opportunities for service, and if he wants me to do something, he will equip me. So he's teaching me not to say no immediately to everything, and I just trust him. Like coming on the radio. Exactly, (laughs) yes. (laughs) Well, praise God. And I love that word where it says, Yield your body as instruments of righteousness. And that word instruments is literally translated weapons or pieces of armor. So in other words, our hands, our feet, our eyes, our our, uh, nose, you know, every body part can be used as a weapon of righteousness or, dear friends, as a weapon of unrighteousness. So we need to yield our bodies to the Lord that he can use for his service. So, Ellie, can you think of a, give an example in a specific way how we yield particular body parts to the Lord for his spiritual service? Uh, first of all, our body is a temple of Holy Spirit, and temple is used for worship mm-hmm. and praise and communion. And so my member, uh, member of my, my body, uh, for instance, uh, I can look out for... Uh, someone who might be standing alone, particularly in church, if someone mm-hmm. who comes in. Mm-hmm. And my mouth could also uh, give uh, encouraging word to those who are discouraged. Mm-hmm. And also I could use my hand to assemble ingredient and mm-hmm. cook and bring food to oh, someone yeah. who is Amen. not able to uh, cook. And I could walk. I could use my feet to walk and visit somebody who is in the hospital. Yes, and, yes, yes. and yes, and my lips can tell of good news of Jesus Christ and praise and sing. Mm. Yes, well, that is great. And we can use all of our body parts for the glory of God and mm-hmm. for the work of Jesus. Mike? Yeah, well, Ellie said the word lips. You know, I was using, I was thinking of the word, you know, we can use our voices for God. And um, you, Pastor, you preached this morning on the parable of the sower and the, the seed that the sower you know, throws everywhere. It's the word of God. So it's not our job 
to be like testing the soil. Like, okay, mm-hmm. let's let's right. take some samples of the soil and right. let's take it to the lab and test the soil and see if it's the good kind of soil. No, our job is to use our voices to spread the word of God in all places, and then it's up to God yeah. to give the increase. So I think our voice, our lips, and then yeah. all those you know all those examples that Ellie gave, I just think are just so good. And what barely uh, quoted from Psalm 34:1, I, I will praise the Lord at all times. His praise shall continue on my mouth. Amen. Amen. So freedom from sin's power through the power of the gospel. Thank you, Bailey. Thank you, Ellie. Micah, thank you as always. So, dear friends, know the gospel truth in your mind. Believe on this gospel truth from your heart. Reckon on the power of this gospel with your will. And then yield your body as an instrument of righteousness to God. And and do it all because Jesus has done all this for you. Mm. He's the one who gave himself for you that you might then give yourself to him. So God bless you, dear friends. If we can help you, even give us a call even now as we close the program at 929-333-3739. Good night, guys. Good night, Pastor. Thank you for tuning in to the Heritage of Faith Conversations radio program. To find out more about Heritage Baptist Church and our service times and locations, visit our website at hbcnyc.org. We stream multiple services online each week, including 11 a.m. Sunday mornings and 7.15 p.m. Wednesday nights. All are welcome, and you can find links to participate in our services on our website, hbcnyc.org. And join us again next Sunday at 6 p.m. for another Heritage of Faith conversation sponsored by Heritage Baptist Church. Until then, rejoice in the Lord.